This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. Man, let's fucking go. Let's do it. We don't normally start this way, but hey, people, welcome back to get a load of this trucking podcast. And, uh... Hopefully you're not offended already, but I got my guy, Chris Jolly, coming in. We got the freight coach, and if you guys follow him, you know what his daily show, his morning routine looks like. He wakes up, brushes his mouth with cuss words and, like, amped up in America (laughs) and, like, you know, Black Rifle Coffee, which, by the way, I ordered some, man. That Black Rifle Coffee was because of you because, like, you had talked about it on something, and I got the AK Espresso Blend. I love it. Oh, it was so good. It was so smooth. I'm moving down the list. I got three different kinds to try to pick one and put it on the subscription. So, um, hey, listeners, Chris is back. If you guys heard him on the first one, there's a lot of new updates. There's a lot of new thing that things that I'm excited to bring Chris back on because yeah. he's leveled his game up. So, Chris, welcome back to the podcast, man. How you doing, brother? Oh, dude, I'm doing good. Thank you, as always, for having me back on the show. And you've come on my show enough here lately where it's due to come back and talk about everything that's going on in the industry and you know freight markets and all that fun stuff. Yes, I know. And that's actually, uh, I want to shine light on that. And then it's doom and gloom, right? Our industry shutting down and there's no freight and all of a sudden all the doors are closing, sell your trucks, lock up the wife and kids and go to work in a mine or something. That's kind of what I'm hearing. But from you, no, that's not the yeah. case. And there's opportunity on the horizon. People that are built to withstand an actual trucking market are going to be the beneficiaries yeah. of all this, like, you know, crazy cash grab that's happened the last couple of years. And uh, for me to get you on, I know you're not an economist, but you're breaking down articles every day, industry yeah. news every day. You're in the trenches every single day. And I know you got some new things popping off in endeavors. So today's convo is just, let's have a convo. I think let's let's talk about the market. Let's talk about what's new in your world. Let's talk about what you're seeing, uh, what's exciting, what's like an opportunity. Cause I view like probably you do um, change is a good thing and an opportunity to pivot, grow, become better, faster, stronger. And how do we capitalize on things that are occurring? Right. Definitely. I, I think that there's always, there's an opportunity in every market. Like, I mean, and th- that was like one of the main reasons why I started going live every day is because I was sick and tired of reading all the negatives, you know, like it was always, it were, there was never a, like, and, w- and when I say that, I understand that there's real shit that goes on in the world. Like I'm not fucking living in the clouds or anything like that, but what I can't tolerate or what makes me sick to my stomach is pointing out a problem and not offering a solution because all of the drivers on the road, I can say that all of the drivers on the road, because it's 98% of them are, are small trucking companies. And if you're not, if you're going to only point at a burning building and refuse to help, fuck you. Like, that's my, that's my honest thing. Like, and again, it's not my business or your job to teach anybody or like to teach anybody 
how to do stuff, but why aren't we putting information out there that keeps people in business? You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of seeing people succeed. I don't want to cheer for anybody's demise or even remotely insinuate that someone should do anything except for, Hey, like it might be rocky, but there's a solution here. We got to find it, you know, cause the market that we are in, in even these last couple of years, when spot rates were through the roof and everything, the beauty of it all is the market lasted as long as it always does 18 to 20 or 20, 22 months. That's how long a market swing lasts. And it went on par with how it normally is. And now if you're looking at it, spot rates started to drop, I would say May of last year is when things really started to happen. So we're already at what I think is the bottom and we're going to be on the upswing here at some point this year. Yeah. And I think the the big dogs and, and so for those that don't know, go follow Chris, find him on LinkedIn, find him on YouTube, find him and we'll give all those shout outs and links and put them in the notes. He breaks down an article or articles, I should say, plural, um, and is in in this every single day. And so you can hop in there. It's a quick, like short hit of energy drinking coffee, you know, like I I guess that's kind of the purpose when you built it is like, hey, drink some coffee, get some industry news, figure out what's on the horizon, how we can seize the day type thing. And and he breaks down the big, big guys. Hey, the guys that have all the money in the world, public companies that are moving freight, like getting their predictions of the market. And they're all predictions. Everything's a prediction. I get it. Yeah. Um, and yes, amen to empowering the truckers and the small and the non-fleet and the new and the the old, like everyone in between. Because what's sad to me is, you know, in the last 12 months, like over half of those new DOT entrants didn't make it 12 months. Yeah. And for me, it's simple. It's like they didn't have the proper guidance or education, or they're listening to a buddy at a truck stop that did it this way. And their dad did it this way. And, and like the markets change, there's tools available, there's technology available, there's resources available. There's things that if you go get the right help or the coach break, I love that, um, that you can get guidance from people that know what they're doing and have done it and are willing to share and want you to succeed. And, you know, I love the American flag behind you because it's the American dream, right? We have every yeah. opportunity to land any single on any rung of that ladder for a entrepreneur or taking control of your own destiny and your own finances and your own fate as a truck driver, you know, yeah. from an owner operator, at least on operator to getting out on your own, getting your own DOT to wanting to scale to a fleet and go to five, 10, 20, 50, a thousand trucks. Like there's stages and there's steps and there's a journey to be had listen to people like Chris. And that's, you know, you know, you're my guy for that. I love the stuff that you preach, man. It's awesome. I just think that, you know, again, cause it, it's not that there isn't real issues that are going on. And cause there are like, there are real issues that are going yeah. on in, in the market and everything else. And the problem when, you know, cause dude, you see this in real estate, you see this in other industries as well as like when it's easy and when it's high, everyone moves into those industries. And it's not True. that, they, it's not that they can't make it. They just need to understand that it's not always going to be where you're making a million dollars a day. You know what I mean? Like you need to plan. If you're going to be in business long-term, you need to plan for the market shifting. You need to plan for when it's not going to be paying six, seven, $8 a mile. So you can stay in business and navigate through those things. And I think, you know, I, I say this a lot. If you if you live by the spot market, you're going to die by the spot market. 80 to 85% of the freight that moves out there is contracted. 
So like literally you're fighting for 15% of the market, 20% of the market at best. And there, there's an opportunity out there. If you want to find consistent business, it's out there going direct to a shipper or, you know, I'm a broker. All right. I know brokers have a shitty reputation out there and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If they do rightfully so a lot of it's self-inflicted, but there are brokers out there who do the right thing, who want to work with you long-term. But just like if, you know, for example, if this is just for conversation, if a load's paying $2,000, and the open market's at 1800 and I'm paying you $2,000, I would hope that when the market flips and you could get, say, 2100 out there, you're going to still do it for me for 2000 when I hooked you up, you know? And there's just a way of going about it to where I get you a consistent price, I get you a consistent freight. And, you know, again, it's like it's finding that balance because I've seen it happen too where... When market shifts, all of a sudden drivers leave. Like we're offering to pay them a little bit more. We were paying them above market price during that time. And then the market flipped and then they they, they essentially drop us too. So it's like, I see both sides and I'm never going to sit here and, not, and tell somebody, don't go make money, go make your money. But also if you're thinking about it like this, that, that money, that higher paying load might be only short term. My freight's consistent. If I've given you freight, consistent pricing, consistency for the last 12 months. I'm going to have that for the next 12 months. This other higher paying load might only be there for two weeks. And I can't guarantee this freight's going to be there when you come back because I might find somebody else in that time. Love it. Well, and the the underlying theme there, and I'm a huge advocate, um, even on my side, because I, yes, I do sales. Yes, I own an insurance brokerage. Yes, I've got to do all that stuff and bother you guys like uh, not as bad as, hey, you got to renew your auto warranty type thing. But um, the difference between a contact and then a contract, and and I love you brought up the contracted freight because there's so many benefits that we could talk about in that realm uh, is the R. And in my opinion, that R is relationship, right? You take that contact to a contract, it's because you built and invested in the relationship. You guys are committing and you guys are going to be working with each other long term. You value the other party and you can then take and grow on that. And and I and I believe that too, man. Everything I do um, for every single client, every single interaction, every single person in the industry that I um, admire and trust and advocate for, it's because we got a relationship. It's because I value what they bring to the table, what they do, conversations that are had, conversations that I know or or services I know that they can take and improve the lives of clients of mine. And yeah. that's valuable to me. And, and so when people are doing the spot market, yes, go make your money, boo. Go, go do what you need to do. But in my opinion, and we've been preaching this, and I know you've said this, this is a time to go build relationships with other people at the moment too, because everyone's shifted focus elsewhere. Yeah. Take your time now, focus back over here. It's easier to get in to build a relationship. And yeah, you might make a little bit less, but if you lock that in and it's like, hey, we got these lanes over the next 12 months or beyond, and it opens up opportunity for long-term, that's worth it to me to build that relationship like you just said, right? Yeah. And again, I just think of it in a lot of situations like where it's like when you're chasing the dollar, like money can run pretty fast, right? (laughs) And if you're out there, for the long term, you need to think and plan for the ups and the downs of the market and everything. And there's going to be times when you're going to make a lot of money. There's going to be times where, you know what, you might not make as much, but it's what you do during the upswings that matter the most because it's like, and I talk about this is like, you know, say what you want about large fleets. 
follow their path. They're not that big by accident, you know? And it's like, follow their patterns. Like, look what happened when equipment prices were sky high. What did one of the largest trucking companies in North America do? They offloaded a large, not a like they offloaded like $40 million worth of equipment because they got premium prices for it, you know? And guess what they're going to do when the, when the, when the market drops, they're going to get twice as much equipment for the exact same price. You know what I mean? It's all going to be brand new. And then to me, it's like, it's just kind of following that pattern. You know, what are they doing out there now? Your, your truck, like, how is this applicable to a two truck operation or a three truck operation or whatever size trucking company that you have is it's like, I personally think when the market's high, for example, when you're getting that extra money, if you have a loan out on your truck or your trailer, if it's not at 0% interest rate for the entirety of your loan, pay that off, have cash reserves in place, have a maintenance fund, have a fuel fund, have a driver, have everything split up. So if there is a dip in the market, or if there is a natural disaster that happens and you can't move for whatever reason, because you know I-80 shut down for two weeks because of a freak blizzard in Wyoming or whatever that looks like, you're still able to stay in business during those times. And then furthermore, studying the lanes that you're running, because you might have a load that pays $5 a mile coming out, but it takes you, you miss out on future loads because it takes you double the time to get back because you got to go to this other freight market at $2.10 a mile to get to a good one that gets you enough fuel money to get back home to grab that load. Where it's like looking at and planning out your routes, like, is that the most profitable market to look at? Do I need to run a thousand miles to make money or can I run 500? Can I run 400? Can I run 300 miles? Can I stay local and make the exact same amount? I think people would be pleasantly surprised to find out that realistically, man, you can make a thousand bucks a day and stay local in most in most metro areas. So let's talk about that because I think, and I find, and I hear, and, and I'm a huge, uh, um, like I refer people to you. I, I Shoot, I'm texting you all the time. Hey, I got this guy running this region out of these potential areas for lanes. What's out there? What are the tools? What are resources? What are some easy things that a one, two, three, less than fleet company can go to and help try to analyze that stuff? Because to me, I wouldn't know where to go, right? I, I have no idea. I'm going to call somebody I know, but um, you know, what's something they can do to start looking at that? Are you talking about like what to, to analyze? To, yeah, to analyze the lanes and to analyze like, hey, where are my opportunities? And yes, I am running and I'm getting paid great on this lane to that to this. But like you just alluded to, getting out of there might not be great. Yeah. Okay. So how do they how do they map that? And how do is there is there a tool available? Um, do they use the load board? Do they just go off DAT and use their map? Like like what are some resources that folks can use um, to help them in that? I think depending on like load boards are always a good place to start, depending on how big they are, start compiling the rates that you're getting paid, you know, use your own rate confirmations that you are getting out there and start running that data in there. You can create, it might be time consuming, but create an Excel spreadsheet if you don't have the the resources to buy software for it. But there's, there's gotta be something out there. I mean, nothing, no platforms kind of come to mind with that, but I think studying where, where you are, with that because again it's like dude i just broke down uh what was it it was outbound florida it was reefer from yeah because their their produce season's kicking off right yeah but dude from the difference so tampa champ i I broke down tampa to atlanta and tampa to charlotte for example and it is 
here, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the miles right now. It from Charlotte, North Carolina to Atlanta, Georgia, it was uh, just going into that freight market. So, you know, it's 240 miles across from each other. It, it's, um, but the rate was significantly different. It was like 40 cents a mile more to go to Charlotte than it was to go to Atlanta. Wow. And that is like, that's insane to think about because in my opinion, Charlotte and Atlanta are almost the exact same freight market. Yes. And it's loaded miles if we're looking at it from a loaded miles perspective, it's an extra hundred loaded miles, yeah. but it pays 40 cents extra. You're getting there. It's next day delivery. Anyways, it's 580 and then four, 460. It looks like here, according to the, to the map, but dude, it's, it was like 35 cents difference per mile to, uh, um, to be able to do that for, for really not much more time, hardly yeah. any more time, like no time in trucker terms. So yeah. yeah. And that's exactly it is it's like, dude, we got to look at it from that perspective is it's not that different out there. Yeah, no, I think that's good insight. And I think, and you're right, there's, there's not a magic solution or tool that's going to do it for you, but thinking and changing your thought process to question, to analyze, to review, to use what you've got at your expense and your resources and be resourceful with what you have access to, right? I think that's kind of the, I guess that'd be the recommendation there for folks. Yeah. But no, man, that's great. I, I think that that's awesome. Hey, what are a couple of things? Because it is not all great. It is not all good. It's not easy. It's never easy. It may become easier because you get better and more skilled and more contacts, more experience and, and whatever. But what are some things that to you jumped out at you, which may have been normal, but maybe not, but weren't normal to people coming into the market that they could have prepared for, avoided and not potentially gone out of business for? Are there any things that jump off to you off the top? Are you, are, are you talking during the last market? Yeah. Yeah. Market? This last year, this last, let's go last. 12 to 24 months. I think a lot of it is uh really like the, you know again man when it, when it, when the market's easy and it's easy to kind of get whatever rate that you want whenever you want it, it's tough to look like that it's not always going to be that way you know and and I'm just as guilty of this in business at times too man as I think like these times are going to last forever and I think that a, a way for you to spot a lot of it is as if like, because if, if you say you're working for a broker and he's paying you, you know, $6 a mile or something like that, for example, and it's like, this is easy, this is great, everything's working out. And then that freight all of a sudden isn't as readily available as it once was. There's a telltale sign that the market shifted, not in your favor, because, you know, depending on the broker and everything else, like, again, if I'm, if I'm working with a carrier consistently, I would need to pay them consistently. You know, but if I'm on the spot market, and this is what I don't think like is talked about enough, is the spot market is it's extremely volatile because customers like it's it's overflow freight. You know what I mean for the most part. And if you start seeing that dry up or you start seeing that drop down in price, that's a sign. But I think like when you're in business, I mean it's a cash heavy business. Like it, there, there's a lot of money that you're pumping out for that. And, and I think like, it's also, what are you doing to keep your truck on the road? You know, like, do you have a maintenance program? Are you, are you working with anybody to, you know, to maintain your fleet when you're off the road for your, or your 34 hour shutdown or your, any of the resets that you're doing? Are you working with anybody to go out and main, maintain your fleet then? 
And I, I think it's a lot of like the little soft skills that you need to do right away. And I think that's what's going to keep you going. And then it's also like, you know, looking at the financing options that are out there, you know what I mean? And it's like, if you don't have the money to operate your trucking company, because again, I think like another thing is, and dude, you probably see this all the time is that they they got a couple of percentage going to a factoring company and then this other company and then that other company. And then before they knew it, they're giving away 20% of every dollar that they make. And they're only setting aside, like if you make a thousand dollars on a load, but you pay out 20% for fees to other companies, they're only setting aside off of the $800, not the thousand dollars that you gross. And that's what you're taxed on at that point. So again, I think it's like, I, I would say hire a CPA or a bookkeeper almost immediately. There is some good software out there for that as well. But look into structuring the back office of your business and looking at cash flow, putting money away and into a reserve account. So when you do start seeing some of these markets shifting, that you're you're more prepared for it. Yeah. Know your numbers. I, I think, I mean, that's you have to know your numbers. You have to know what it costs per mile to run in a good market, bad market, but a minimum. <laughs> hey, at the minimum, I cannot move this truck because of tires, maintenance, wear and tear, fuel. Uh, insurance, uh, reserve, all the different things. Like you have to know those numbers, right? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. if you don't, you're blindly navigating, and then they're taking two dollar, you know, a mile loads or dollar fifty mile, and it's like, how are you running? Like, how, and some people maybe can do that. Like they might be structured that way, but they know their numbers, hopefully, or they're going out of business. They're quickly bankrupting themselves, but or one disaster away from not being able to pay their bills or their employees or whatever. I hear I unfortunately see these things way and far too often. So like my mission, like with this, is like, man, bring people, bring resources, bring education, yeah. bring questions, bring like anything I can to give back to keep, like you said, keep people in business, making money, strive, you know, thriving and, and strong and able to endure these seasons because they're seasons. It's cyclical always. And, and that's and exactly it, man, yeah. is I think that, you know, and then furthermore, you know, to kind of switch up a little bit, but I think like to help, um, drivers understand like, is this a good broker or not? Because again, a lot of the listeners of this show work with brokers, right? And I, I, yeah. I'm sure you hear all that. Like, what's your biggest complaint that you're told about brokers? Let's dispel some. I mean, you know, up on. it's funny because like negative press gets a lot more Tracks, um, of course. You, you know what I mean? A lot yep. more play and a lot more listening, a lot more attention than the good press. What's the good press of brokers? Probably the same as good press of insurance agents. Yeah. <laughs> Not much. You can't, you can't uh, find it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, you might have a cool person. Like they, they may have saved your company, which does happen. Like there's all these amazing things that brokers and insurance and all these people do. The negative is, is they're gouging me. They're yep. You know, they're taking advantage of us. They're setting the rate as as drivers. We need to band together and strike. And if if nobody moves the broker freight, then the brokers can't, you know, stick it to us. And, and, and all these misconceptions, right? I'm getting taken advantage of. I'm getting double booked. There's like, you know, uh, potentially there are fraud. And these are a lot of very strong things that come out. But these are what people say, unfortunately. And then it just amplifies and gets attraction because, people are mad about something or, or people like negative things. I I don't know. I, I'm not sure why, but yeah, dude. So, so here's the thing. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I literally, just, I almost just spilled my coffee all over my keyboard there. Oh. 
freaking out. There goes, uh, uh, oh yeah, there goes a lot of money. He has uh, to hire a truck to come bring him new stuff. Exactly. I have, cargo insurance. Work, but, I have insurance, yes. but yes. no, dude, I think like you got to look at it like this. Back to the whole gouging thing. Um, I can't say that brokers don't do it. All right. Because again, the beauty of a guy like me is I'm going to tell you the fucking truth because I've never been, I like, I can't put myself on a pedestal. I'm not immune to the shitty behaviors that brokers are known for. I'm not immune to them. I, I, I'm just, I'm very guilty of that early on in my career. Right. I learned the hard way though. All right. I learned the hard way. I lost customers. I lost quality carriers who were just good salt of the earth people because I wanted to make an extra dollar today. And that cost me more in the long run. I was very transactional in my mindset with that. Um, but I think some drivers need to understand that the brokerage mark, like it's extremely competitive, right? And if somebody is, say, pay, charging a customer $2,000 and they're paying the carrier $1,000, it's only a matter of time before I know that as their competition, I'm going to undercut them. Yep. I'm going to undercut them by a lot. And then that's where the, the margin, like the myth of that is dispelled because it's not like that. All Now, now is that every load? No, I'm sure there's people out there that are gouging and it's happening, but it's never as much as you think because it is way too competitive out there shippers the large enterprise shippers have way too much data all right they have way too much information to be able to turn a blind eye to that they won't do it they won't and you know from that perspective and i'm not saying that it doesn't happen because of course it happens but i think it's not as frequent as some people think what about when double brokering because to- i hear that right it's like you know people are filing complaints or popping yeah. into these groups of hey this this brokers of fraud they double booked me and like are holding money and i'm not getting paid to like yeah there's a lot that's multi that's not all but yes what about that i mean double brokering is the i personally think double brokering is the biggest failure by the fmcsa they are failing the industry by not doing anything about it um my personal opinion is this if you are, and again, back to like knowing the market, say you've been, again, for a conversation, you've been running a lane for $1,000, right? Now, all of a sudden, this broker that you've never heard of before is offering you 1500 bucks. That's a red flag, right? Should be. Should be. You know, if they can't answer basic questions out there about like, that's a big red flag to me. The same thing, even if it is a broker that has the load. If they can't tell you how many pallets there are or pieces, if they can't tell you weights, commodities, shipping times, receiving times, don't take the load. Like hands down, don't take the load. If they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you can just go in. They'll get you worked in right away. They failed on the load the day before and you're a work in. All right. Because again, dude, I've been doing this for a very long time. You can't be a work in at a Walmart. All right. Or a food grade or a food shipper or anything. They don't do work-ins. All right. They are a by appointment only. All right. The only place that you really see first come first serve for the most part is in the flatbed world. Now, yes, there are some drive in and refrigerated shippers that are first come first serve. I'm not saying that there isn't, but they're not all 24 seven. All right. There's not just show up. We, we, you know, they're waiting for you. 
that that doesn't exist. That's a that's a failure by a broker the day before, or that they they missed that appointment that morning. Stuff like that. You know, again, man, I dude, I got loads picking up today. Guess what it says on my bill of lading that my customer sent over? Dude. Commodity, weight, dimensions. <laughs> Pickup location, delivery location, pickup contact number, delivery contact number. Because if my customer sends over something that was missing information, I'm not going to pick up the load. I'm not going to blindly send a driver in where we don't know where the load's going. So again, like we we have to be more diligent in who we're working with. Yeah, vet your people, know what you're doing, know what you're moving. No, I think that's good. And it wasn't, a, a, you know, I value brokers. I think there's a, there's a place, there's a need and, and, and it's not, Hey, everyone's out to just make money. Same with insurance, right? There yeah. are agents that are in it to make a commission and yep. in it to make a buck. The common myth, and, and it, it might be even similar in the broker arena for truckers is, Hey, if I shop around, I'm going to get a better deal. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe so, maybe who knows. Um, but what happens more than not that I see, there's only so many options, especially on the insurance side, that you can get insurance through. There's only so many players. And yeah. there's there's varying degrees of expertise and education and access to markets and, and tools and stuff. Usually what happens is if you, for a prime example, get a quote from, let's say the flow and all of a sudden like, you know, that because you can get your own quote online, you can call 1-800 number, you can call a thousand agents and you get different quotes. There's not different pricing, right? Not everybody has different pricing. There are different levels of coverage. There's different internal coverage amounts. There's different data that went in that spit out the number, like all these different things. But it's a matter of what you provided. And it's a matter of how good the person on the other end was of asking the right questions to ensure that they're properly taking care of you, right? Yeah. And not leaving an ability to undercut. I, I think likewise with the brokers, there should be red flags. If if you're shopping around, hey, I'm getting quotes for this truck for $8,000 a year for insurance and someone came in and it's $4,000, that doesn't necessarily mean it should be a huge red flag. But if it's the same companies, that's a red flag, right? Yeah. There, you know, there's reasons, something, there's a reason, find out yeah. what. And a lot of times they call me back and say, okay, I need help. <laughs> okay, cool. And that's my thing with double brokering is it's like the carriers are getting screwed, right? Right. right. The carriers are getting screwed here. And for me personally, it's, uh, you know, again, look at the rate confirmations, like study the rate confirmations, start asking their brokers questions. If you, if you got a bad feeling about it, don't go along with it. You know, like at all, do, just don't do it. And then furthermore, like if you call call the shipper or receiver and verify information, you know, I give all of my drivers phone numbers to the shippers and the receivers because the fact of the matter is I haven't been to every single facility that I load and offload at, but I want my driver, like a dude, I'm a, I'm a concierge service for my drivers, right? Like, dude, I'm behind a computer. Like it takes me five seconds. I Disclaimer, I can't give you directions, but I can give you an address, right? I can take it a step further and be like, hey, the shipper that you're picking up for me today in Roanoke, Virginia, for example, hey, man, there's a Love's truck stop just down the street. You know, there's a McDonald's there or there's a a restaurant nearby, something like that. There's parking, you know, on site at the delivery, whatever that looks like. Those are are the brokers you want to look for. If they're short with you, fuck them. Come haul my freight. Freight Coach Logistics, hit me up. You know, like, dude, I'll plug dude, it all day. It's I, one of I, those I, things, though, man, because like, yeah. I, I just, I come like, as you know, I come from a family of truck drivers. I still have family members that are out on the road. 
right, right now. They're still driving. I know the realities of what goes on out there because they deal with other brokers as well. And it's my mission to clean this shit up, man, because like at, people have literally that, just like me, just like you, I have my entire livelihood on the line. Every dollar I have to my name is wrapped up in my companies. Like I legitimately just invested more this week than I did in my entire first year in total fucking revenue in my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I have everything on the line. Dude, this isn't a game to me. No. You know, this is not a game to me. This is how I provide for my family. This is how I feed my son. This is how I put clothes on his back. I'm not here to fuck around and waste anybody's time. Yep. Let's talk about some what's on the horizon. What's good, man? Like everything. what's coming up? On yeah, it's dude, everything's good. Everything's good. Uh I think for me, it's gonna be growth of the like, you know. I'm doing so like people see the media stuff, for example, and that's kind of like what I started over these last couple of years. But like it's for me, independent media is the future of media. Like I think mainstream media is dead. I think we need people who are in the grounds, on the ground level, building companies, doing real shit, talking about the stuff, you know, because there's a lot of value in what we're doing with that. So it's like, for me, man, it's continuing to grow the media, continuing to push more and more information out there to help more and more people stay in business while simultaneously growing my freight brokers. Because like at the end of the day, like, yeah, people might see a lot of content coming out for me, but I've been doing it now for almost three years. I got a fucking system down. It doesn't take me that long to plan for stuff because a lot of the stuff I talk about now is literally shit I'm going through every single day in my own business. And for me, it's growing and expanding my brokerage. You know, I have lofty fucking goals. I'm going to be the largest freight broker in North America that this country's ever seen. Love it. Like, that's what's going to happen. Love and it. to me, it's building that out and doing it the right way. Doing it the right way, keeping people in business. Now, is everybody going to like me? No, they're not at all. I know that it's 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 fucking inevitable. My some of my own family members hate me, but I uh, but I look at it like this, Cam. I can change that perception. I can be that change. All right. My company can change the perspective that carriers might have towards brokers because we're like, listen, they do us right. They pay us fair. They're there for us. And that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm building. You know, at the end of the day, man, uh, the old man, when he passed away a little over a year ago, up until the day he died, it was Chris, nobody gives a fuck about a truck driver. Well, you know what? If all I'm ever known as is that Gary Jolly's boy changed the industry, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Because uh, we worked his ass off. My great grandparents have worked that. their ass off in this industry to be a part of trucking. And I'll just, nothing boils my blood more than seeing somebody who's like, oh, I've been in the industry for 30 years and nothing's changed. Motherfucker, you are the problem. All right. <laughs> you are the problem. Call it out. Yeah. Call exactly. You know, it's funny. You actually had said something on a on another show that inspired me. I was going to bring this up, um, and and I, I know you don't give a fuck if I bring it up. Uh, you had talked about years ago. You're out of shape. You're drinking. All this kind Every of stuff. Yep. You then made a change and a switch yep. and said, "Fuck! I got a family. I got a business. I got all this stuff. I'm going to go get a personal trainer. I'm going to get someone to coach me and yep. help me." Uh, and literally, like it, it was like at a perfect time for me. 
because I've ebbed and flowed from sports and being an athlete to not a business owner, being poor, unhealthy, all this kind of stuff. And I finally, and, and in light of like, there's all, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or you, but I'm seeing a lot of people get sick. A lot of people dying, a lot of things happening. That's like, dang, I, I opened my eyes. and like, maybe I'm just of the age. I think once you get close to 40, it's like, oh shit, you got to start taking care of yourself. Yeah. So I started working out, drinking water, doing all the stuff, eating, like dialing in my diet, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, hey, I'm going to go talk to a trainer because the best shape I've ever been in is either being in sports or a team-based atmosphere or training in a facility or something yeah. like that. So you motivated me. I just wanted to say thank you for that. So you did inspire me a little bit. It's like, all right, cool. I got all fired up. Let's go. But that's so. what, but, but, if you're looking at it from the grand scheme of things, to me, that's what it's always about. Like that, that's yeah. kind of how I like I create content too, man. Is if it helps one person, yep. that's all that matters to me. And Same. you know, because again, like I'm very open about my struggles with my weight and, and alcohol and everything else, man. But like, dude, I was drinking to mask my own letdown and guilt that I had that I knew I wasn't living up to my own potential. And the hardest conversation you'll ever have is the conversation you have to have with yourself in the mirror that says, I am the reason why I was 270 pounds. I was the reason why I was drinking two bottles of Jameson every fucking week. Um, It was my fault. And it's enlightening and it's liberating to have that weight off of your shoulders. And again, to kind of like go full circle and tie a lot of this stuff in, like that's why I am unapologetically me though. Like if you think I swear too much, that's a valid thing. Like, I'm not going to say that I don't, but I'm being me and I'm I'm yeah. not out here to live my life to, to please any other individual because I got to fucking worry about myself, yeah. you know? And it was cleaning that up, cleaning up my health and clean, you know, which again is still a work in progress. Like I still like to fucking eat shitty food, just like the next guy. But I found that finding that routine cam and disciplining myself to that regimen every day has had a direct correlation to success in my business. It's holding myself accountable. It's getting up when I don't want to get up. You don't have to get up early to be successful. I'm not going to say that. That's bullshit. But I get up early because it's hard for me. And I know that if I get the hardest parts of my day done first, it can only go up from there. God, let's go. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I love my conversations with you. You know, you're a good friend. And and when yeah. I heard that, I'm like, the easiest conversation to duck is with yourself. Right. right. The easiest person to lie to is with yourself. Like, you got to look in the mirror. People go days without looking in the mirror. I mean, looking in the mirror, look at yourself. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Like, what are you doing? Where are you, you know, at? And you no. might be on different stages, different levels. And for me, it was like, dude, you got two little girls looking at you. You got a business to run. You got all these things. And it's like, snap out of it, man. Quit being a bitch. Quit fucking making excuses for yourself and do something that like you're proud of and you feel good about. And like, you need to bring that to your life. Like you deserve it. Your body deserves it. Family deserve it. Your friends deserve it. The community, the change impact, all the stuff, dude. So I was, I was amped up, man. As you can tell. So yeah, I was just talking to my, my best friend. He just had a daughter last June. And uh, cause I did, you know, I did 75 hard. I just completed it right before she was born. And I, he, he completed it as well after the fact, but I told him, I'm like, dude, like be the man you want your daughter to marry. Right. Like be the man you want your daughter to marry. Just like I look at with my son, I'm going to be the man I want my son to be, you know, 
And I know that if I raise my son to be a strong male who opens up the door for his mother and other and, and, and just does the right thing, that's how we get everything back on track, man. It, is, is it starts with us because it's like, dude, you want your if you want if you don't want your daughter to date a fucking loser, don't be a fucking loser. You know what I mean? Be like around. what they say, what do they say, man? Your daughter's first love is their father, right? Yep. So again, I, I think that. You know, I, I know you follow Andy Frisella. I follow Andy Frisella religiously. I, I, I equate a lot of what I've accomplished in life because of a lot of the information he's put out there, but he tests that all the time. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. Yeah. You know, take people, control of make your people life, uncomfortable, man. I want to exactly. be made. I want to make everyone around me uncomfortable, not in like a fucking weird way or like, I a, got you. Yeah. It's like, nah, elevate yourself. So people look at them like, fuck, I got to question what I'm doing because he's able to do it. How's he able to do it? And like, you're putting out content, dude. I'm like, I know what it takes, man. I'm putting out content. I'm doing this. I'm running multiple businesses now. Yeah. I've got all that. And I'm like, fuck, Chris, what is Chris doing? I got I to gotta figure out what Chris is on because damn, I love dude, it. It's one of those things, man. Like, I, I think I told you this, but like when I bought my house back in October, the yeah. first thing I did was uh, hung up the American flag on the outside of the house. Within a month, seven of my neighbors hung their flag up. Like, again, man, fuck it. Let's roll. Let's be it. Like. Dude, I, I, that's that's how shit starts, man. Yes. Yeah. So now nah, and it, it, that has nothing to do with freight or anything, but it's real. And I know every single person listening, every trucker on the road, every per, you have battles always every yeah. day. You have so many fucks to give so much willpower to give. Eventually you break down and you'll succumb to it. But how do you respond? Right. How do you bounce back? Something I was told is like, and this was insightful from a friend of mine, is you got a floor and you have a ceiling, right? Your floor is your minimum. What's the minimum you have to do that week to be good? And then you got a ceiling, like just operate in that range every single day. You you have a bad day, fine. You have a bad week, fine. Get back to your floor though. When are you gonna when are you gonna get back? How are you gonna get back? What's the plan to get back? Like, don't get underneath in the basement and stay in that. You know, don't stay there for too long, right? And that's the thing I felt kind of guilty of because I let, uh, fuck, busy, like as an excuse, but this came up, that came up. I'm stressed. Also, it's like this, like, like you said, yeah, shit, I want some nachos. Like, it'd be great. I don't want to eat this salad, <laughs> fucking raw veggies all day. <laughs> like, I, I get it too. I did 75 hard as well. And it's funny because I kicked off with a challenge in my office to inspire people of like pushing them, hey, let's do a weight loss contest. And it's not about weight. I know that. But it's doing something as a group, a tribe, yeah. getting people pushing at the same direction. And someone was asking me, "Is like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out and do cardio, fast to cardio in the morning. I'm going to intermittent fast, you know, eat from one to nine. I got an evening workout. I'll mix in with walks, you know, hiking, weightlifting, like whatever the thing is. And I'm going to drink a gallon of water. And so they're like, oh, you're doing 75 hard. I'm like, no. And I'm like, well, I guess basically yeah. <laughs> part of it. So, but. For sure, bro. Man, I appreciate it. Um, I know the listeners appreciate it. Chris, how do people get a hold of you? Like, yeah. let's, you know, get in touch with you, follow you, digest the content. People, you definitely need to go subscribe, listen to him. He has all the good stuff. Fortunately, it's easy to find now. So if you just Google the freight coach, you'll fucking run into me. But I'm on YouTube. You can hit up the freight coach on YouTube or coffee with the freight coach on iTunes and Spotify. 
and just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. You know, send me DMs, you guys. If you guys have any sales or operations related questions, DM me. I'll answer them live on my weekday show every day, 8:30 Pacific, 10:30 Central, where we stream live, break down industry headlines, give you information that you can actually use. Brought to you by transportation professionals for transportation professionals. Boom. Let's Let's go. Chris, I appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Look forward to working together moving forward. Sounds good, brother. We'll see you. Thank you, sir.